Welcome to The Witty Committee. I'm Courtney. And I'm Claire. And this week we are reading Out of Sight, Out of Time, the fifth book in the Gallagher Girl series by Allie Carter. Courtney, before we get into that, tell me a little bit about what you've been reading, watching, and doing outside the podcast this week. Oh, so much. Um, So I have been watching the latest season of Next Level Chef. Also, I've been watching um, Tournament of Champions, which is the women's – What's this one? March Madness. I'm making like a vague basketball gesture on camera. Okay, yeah. Um, nice. Which, it's so good. Oh, I love that. I love, you know, supporting women's sports. I have been like, I should watch some WNBA stuff. I was being sarcastic. It's a Food Network oh. thing. Oh, okay. They do well. like a bracket style food competition <laughs> show and it's in March. And so I'm like, it's I my still March think Madness and I'm a woman. We should support women's sports, but... Yes, yeah, I'm not saying also. don't support women's sports. I just don't want people to think that I don't know what the name <laughs> of the Women's March Madness is. I I don't. <laughs> um, well, how are you enjoying your Food Network shows? They're so good. Honestly, I think that Food Network shows are some top-tier content. I will say um, Next Level Chef is a Fox show because it's a Gordon Ramsay okay. vehicle, who is oh, the British okay. Guy Fieri, as you know, because they're both blonde. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking about like blonde men in food. Yeah, I just would say that there there's some big differentiators there, but that's okay. That's what makes them British is that there's just like a different vibe and energy. And so Okay. But they both have so many different properties in terms of like food and like reality TV stuff. It's so funny. Are you familiar with Next Level Chef? I am not familiar with Next Level Chef. Okay, so here's the concept. I'll give you the spiel. So there are three kitchens and there are three teams. The first team is Oh head, wait, head are of, they they're stacked on top of each other? They're stacked on top okay, of I've each other. Ads. I've seen the ads. <laughs> It's like one of my favorite Food Network shows has always been Cutthroat Kitchen. And it's sort of like that, except there are no pranks. So if you like the prank aspect, then like you might be a little bit sad about this. But it's so funny because people are just scrambling to try. Like one person dropped a fish off of the like floating levels. And so then a team on the lower level was able to snag the fish. That's so great. It just it reminds me of the of the Nickelodeon uh shows that we talked about mm-hmm. last episode, the like Temple of Doom or whatever, where it's Legend like, of the Hidden Temple. Legend Legend of the Hidden Temple and like Crag and like things like that, where it's like these really dumb oh my god, I just the, the bits are so funny. And I mean like I get that every every show like that has a bit now. Every show has mm-hmm. a bit. But the fact that it's like floating towers is just so like Oh my god, I, I but I very vividly remember seeing an ad for it, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But um, I'm glad you're yeah, it hasn't that. it hasn't broken into my top five food competition show, okay. but it is pretty good. It's also got Richard Blaze on it as one of the other judges. So mm. if you like him, um, but what about you, Claire? What have you been doing, watching, reading, etc.? So outside of still reading. Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive series, which I've been working on. As we know, these books are each 3,000 pages long. I did finish Oathbringer. I thought it was my least favorite of the three I've read so far. I am now on The Way of King. No, not The Way of Kings. Um, I'm on the fourth one, which is called Rhythm of War. It is already better. But aside from that, I am still re- like rewatching and catching up on Vanderpump Rules. And oh, it huge. could not be a better pastime. Vanderpump Rules is David and mine's guilty pleasure. He watches it with me, which I love because he gets just as into it. And one thing I would have to say, if you're a 20 something and you feel like, wow, I don't know if I'm making the right financial decisions. Courtney, you had a couple weeks ago where you were like, um, I don't know if I'm doing my finances right. 
watch Vanderpump Rules because you will never see people make worse financial choices in their like late 30s, early 40s than you do on that show. Two of the main people on the show, Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, Schwartz and Sandy, Tom, Tom, they're opening a bar and each of them put loans against their home equity. Yeah. Against their houses. And we know now for a fact that this is last season. So this is season nine. But I know for a fact now that both of them are in the process of selling their homes because they are both either broken up with their wife or broken up with a girlfriend or divorcing the person that they bought the house with. So what does that mean about your equity loan? Like, not only that, but Ariana, I think, also was like a co-signer on all of that. So I think she might be on the hook for some of that. Right. So it's like, um, like these men are so dumb. And David also looked it up. Jax, who is not on, he ended after season eight. Jax was making 25 grand an episode, right? Uh, Sounds like a lot of money. But Jax owes 800 grand to the IRS. Honestly, what are people doing? As a person who just went to H&R Block yesterday to like get them to figure out my taxes, which was an experience in and of itself, I don't understand how people can be so bad at that. It doesn't seem that hard. Well, I, I don't even think it's being bad. I think it's just complete nonchalance for taxes at all. But like, if you want to be just, nonchalant, then let someone else do it for you, like I am. Well, uh, but I think, you know, I honestly can't even put it into my mind because, like, I'll have days where I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I was had more money or I wish I was doing better. And then I watch that show and I'm like, wow, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. Like, I could – you you will never be making as poor financial decisions as – a Bravo liberty who went to community college. And that is not a dig against community college. It's a dig against Bravo liberties. So, you know, it's a fantastic show. It is a dramatic cesspool. And I could not be more excited for next season, which is the current season that's airing. Uh, I posted on my Instagram story yesterday, the mid-season promo, mm-hmm. where Ariana, there's a shot of her screaming her bloody lungs out. And then at the it ends with T- Sandoval going, can I get you anything? And she goes, for you to like, or do you want anything? And she goes, for you to die. And I was just like, ah, it's so, so good. Oh, it's Speaking so Speaking of dying and death, did we want oh to talk God. about this book? We can get into this book. This book, I would have to say, has as many twists and turns as an episode of Vanderpump Rules. This book, it we were was, complaining like, oh, this book is for kids. This book does not bring the drama. Where not is this the one. murder? Not this book. This book was, was... Like, it was so insane. It was so insane. It had so many twists and turns for me. But the main thing that pissed me off was Bex. Oh, yeah. No, crazy. I was like, girl. And I, Which we'll get I'm into. trying to be graceful considering the fact that, like, these are all, keep in mind, teenage girls. And were yes. we crazy bitches at teenage girls? Yes. That's sort of the whole concept of the podcast is, like, yes. mean girls. And, like, girls who don't know how to process their feelings and things like that. And, and don't communicate. Not at your and, friends. And it's, like, if if you guys were with us for the Gossip Girl season, which I know was a long time ago, Courtney and I would complain all the time about how Blair and Serena never actually said sorry to each other or, like, communicated about their fights. They just would, like, go smoke a cigarette and be okay. And I get that that was what was supposed to happen with Bex and Cammy in this book is that they were just supposed to go, like, deal with a potential kidnapping and then be fine again. But it, I just don't buy it. So at the end of last book, we learned that Cammy has left to go search for the Circle of Cabin on her own. It's the safest place. She thinks it's the safest place for her to be. So she wouldn't hurt anyone else. She's gone and she's alone. This book, Cammy wakes up in a convent 
in the Austrian Alps. No clothes, no hair. German nuns yelling at, not yelling at her, but like speaking to her. And, and they are calling her Jillian. And she's like, what happened to me? Uh, it should be like June 10th in her mind. No, it's September 30th. It's the day before October 1st. She's been out cold, no memories for four months. Oh boy. And I was like, you know, I was honestly like, okay, this book could be boring like the last one. Or, you know, there. I just feel like there's a lot of lulls in these books. This book did not have that problem. It started out. What about the last book was boring to you, Claire? We found out that Blackthorn School for Boys is actually Blackthorn School for Boy Assassins. Okay, the thing about the last book is it's like that book was definitely like a snowball to me. Like a lot of stuff happened in the very end. Yes, there's, it did you know, definitely anyway. snowball. But this one starts high and continues to be and high. continues. It, it's but like so a roller coaster. Basically, Cammy gets communique to her, you know, the people back at Gallagher and is like, hey, I need you to come get me. I am at this nunnery. They come and get her and they almost immediately take her into nice interrogation to be like, hey, where were you and what happened? And she remembers absolutely nothing. She has no memory. But she does find herself oddly humming. There's a tune that she's humming and this happens throughout the book. It's one of the only things she can remember is this, like, music. But they do, they find lines on her arms. She's incredibly malnourished. They found her, like, the nuns found her climbing out of a mountain stream, like, and then faint. she fainted. So, like, it's under the, basically, we're led to be under the assumption that Cammie has been, in like, captured by the circle and under, having underwent torture for months, basically. Because we don't know anything else. She doesn't know anything else. And everyone around her is basically being like, look, you don't remember. Maybe it's a good thing. Like, maybe everyone you else forget. With the exception of Bex, because Bex does not believe that Cammy doesn't remember. No. Bex is pissed at her Bex for leaving pissed. and lets her know. And it looks, it you know, Macy and Liz are also upset, but they're doing, they're, they're pretending they're hiding it. Bex is not. Bex is like, look, I'm mad at you. You keep trying to leave. So, now Cammy is like sleepwalking and having trouble sleeping. And Bex is like, look, I know you're sneaking out again. I know you don't care. Like, and and it's like, it's not to the point where it's like, well, I mean, there's a significant amount of petulance there. But to me, it was mainly just like incredibly frustrating because I, I, I think we're supposed to understand that these girls are mad that Cammy didn't take them with her. But here's my thing. Cammy knows that when she, the one thing that Cammy knows is that when she left, she was doing it to protect her friends. Okay. And if you disappeared on me for six, for four months and then came back, like, and, <laughs> and you were like, I don't know what happened, but like, I feel like I'm okay now. I would be so incredibly happy that you were back. I would not give a shit about anything else. Like, I literally yeah, like I think the could, stakes like, are a little bit different because there's it's literally life or death in this scenario. But like it's so frustrating because we've literally gone through this with Macy attempting to run away when we all thought yes. that it was Macy who was the one who was in trouble. And so it's like they can't extend the same grace to Cammy that they extended to Macy. But then again, Cammy can't extend the same courtesy to them that she extended to herself where she's like, why are you mad at me? I just ran away. And yet when Macy did it, she was like, what the hell? We were supposed to be protecting you. 
I yes, but it but I think the other thing that really aggravates me is how prolonged it is. Like Bex cannot get over it. And it's kind of compounded on the fact that we learned that Zach, Cammy's sort of boyfriend, spent the entire summer with Bex. And now they're all chummy chummy. And Bex is the like Bex is only nice to Zach. Like Yeah, this got me like real riled real up. Mad. I was very upset because as we all know, I have been a Zammy shipper since day two of the podcast because he wasn't in <laughs> book one. But like I think they're endgame and it was so frustrating to me. Literally, Cammy is walking around in the hallways, getting herself, you know, reacquainted with Gallagher, and she sees Bex and Zach sitting in a classroom, and Bex like puts her head on his shoulder and they're like commiserating about the fact that Cammy was gone. And it gives yeah. me very much like the best friend and the widower. Yes. And exactly. like how they get together. And I was like, ew, gross. No, that's your like best friend's man. Yeah. And I guess another thing for me is the fact that like Cammy has so obviously been like physically tortured and Bex has no sympathy for that. And I'm just yeah. like, what? So anyway, we're pissed at Bex here, but a couple of things happen and Cammy is finally like, you know what? I'm sorry. No, I need to remember what happened. Like, I'm tired of you guys telling me that it's okay to not remember. I need to know. It's not only just okay to not remember, but like they are basically telling her like, maybe it's better that you don't remember because there are some things that it's better not to. For example, like if you were tortured, why would you want to remember that? But Cammy does take it upon herself to go find Dr. Steve, who has been Mm -hmm. brought into Gallagher Academy to sort of act as Zach's like, supervisor slash like, hey, you're the only boy here, so I will help you bridge this gap from Blackthorn. Although there are male instructors at uh, Gallagher. But one note, I was going to say, including um, not the new Kovops teacher, because the new Kovops teacher is Aunt Abby. She decided to come in from the cold and become the Kovops instructor. It is including the old Kovops instructor who is supposed to be dead, but is still comatose, and not everyone knows he's there. Joe Solomon. Yes. So, uh, basically, what happens is there's a new Kovops class. Cammie, I guess, Abby is like, they told me not to teach you this. It it gives very, you're not going to get this rep- reference, but you might, but I don't know. Mad-Eye Moody vibes of like, the ministry doesn't want me to teach you the curses. And I've watched the movies. Anyway. I know, but I never know with you, like, the extent that you remember these things. So, yeah, but, you no, know, when so he's like... like yeah, so they're so teaching she, the, the forbidden knowledge, which is how to put together a gun. Because a if gun. you recall, in first Kovops class, um, Cammy, you know, one of the other girls was like, are we going to get to learn how to use firearms, sir? And Mr. Solomon was like, if you need to know how to use a gun, then it's already too late for you. But Abby is like, now we get to learn how to use guns, a last resort. And this is so petty high school bullshit. This really, this actually pissed me off. So they go to the sub-level three. For Kovops class for yes. I guess they're they're seniors now, right? Yeah. So yeah. they go to sub-level three. And Cammy, first of all, doesn't even know how to get to sub-level three, which is embarrassing because she literally grew up there. And then it turns out there's no seat for her, so she has to go sit up front with her aunt, which like, okay, double embarrassing. Her aunt puts the unassembled, disassembled gun on the instructing table or whatever. Cammy, in a fugue state, puts it together, which is scary. Yes terrifying and she aims it at the door and she doesn't realize what she's doing until she's already got this gun in her hands and she's like oh crap so then she freaks out drops the gun and runs and then the first person to catch her is dr steve and she turns around and turns on him and chokes him out and i'm just gonna preface this now i thought this was very suspicious 
She did not do that on first instinct with any of the other professors. Well, did any of the other professors sneak up on her? No, but I did. I just wanted to say that I thought this was suspicious. But Liz does pull her off. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's so, so sorry. Uh, And she's like, you know what? Okay, I need to learn. I need to remember what I forgot. And I need therapy. So I'm going to go to Dr. Steve for therapy. But on top of that... She yells at her mom and all her friends and is like, look, you need to tell me what I'm forgetting. So what do they do? They take her on a field trip because, of course, that's safe, which it's not. Duh. Like, uh, it's just so, I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't have just taken her to her mom's office and been like, look, and then told her what they know. Yeah, instead, that was really annoying to me, too, because it gives not to do another Harry Potter reference. But like, yes. you know, they're like Hogwarts is the safest place ever. And then it's like, you can't leave Hogwarts because it's so safe. They always talk about how Gallagher is so safe. And yes, yeah, exactly. nothing bad has ever happened to Cammy at Gallagher. So like she should just stay there instead of leaving. But so they take her to Do- uh, Mr. Solomon's safe house out at the lake, which is where Macy had escaped to. And they're like, you came here. And she's also, like, how do you know? Obviously, he has cameras. Don't be ridiculous. That, but also, to me, the way that they're getting to Joe Solomon's place so quickly, when I was under the assumption it was kind of like a Walden Pond situation, so Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, and a, they're taking a van, they're driving at least 10 hours. It just is, it's weird. But anyway, they get there, and while they're there, Cammy realizes that one of the things that's out of place is this bookshelf and it turns out that that is the bookshelf where Cammy's dad had been keeping his stuff. So she has a little bit of a freak out there. She runs out of the out of the house. She runs into Zach and Bex once again talking shit about Cammy and like her level of ability to ha- handle things. So she's like, you know what, I'm done. And so she and Bex finally start to have it out on this like hill nearby, and they're yelling at each other. And they're like, Cammy, Cammy's finally like, Bex, what do you want me to do to like make this better? And then they hear a gunshot. Yeah, so guns definitely a very big part of this. And so Bex and Cammy have to figure out how to warn other people, get to safety, make sure everyone else is safe. They're traversing, they're running around. And uh, Cammy is like, look, I don't have the endurance that I used to have because I was literally given friggin' torture for months. And so I need you to go. We need to split up so that you can you know, reconvene with everyone and make sure that we're safe. And Bex is like, no, I'm not going to leave you. And she's like, this makes the most sense for like logistics. You need to go. Yes. And Bex's then- pettiness really gets in the way. And it, and that, it again, annoyed me. Yeah. But then Cammy takes off through the woods and she realizes that it's booby trapped and that can work for her advantage because if she sets off the booby traps, then they'll go off in the house. So she starts running through these tripwires And gunshots are pinging all around her. Finally, something falls on top of her and covers her in blood. And we realize that Dr. Steve, who's like not trained in combat, has been like waiting out in the woods trying to find her. And he gets hit in the arm with a bullet and falls on her. And she's like pinned to the ground. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve, why do I? you always end up in the line of fire? Why are you always where you're not supposed to be? Uh, But then they're able to... Like, the Circle of Cabin agent is fighting with Bex. Cammy finally runs into him, and he's, like, about to stab Bex, and she gets her hands on his gun, and she kills the man! Cammy shoots this man in, I don't want to say cold blood because it's absolutely justified, but she straight up murks him! She she kills him. And, it, and Courtney's right. It's 100% justified. It's 100%, like, self-defense. Like, 
and this is what she's been trained to do. But the whole thing is that the Gallagher girls don't kill when they can. Like, we've never seen someone get shot like this, like, by a Gallagher girl in any of these books. Up until now, they use those, like, pass-out-o patches or whatever they're called. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole, I mean, and in the last book, it got pretty dramatic with the explosions and the implied shooting of people. But everyone who was in the explosion came out like not dead at least like yeah joe solomon was in that full body cast but he wasn't dead zach didn't die he came out essentially unscathed so we're opera and we know that people can die in this universe because cammy's dad is presumably dead but at this point it's like oh we've never seen anyone get killed and now we have seen someone get killed by a 17 year old girl our our main main character yeah and like and like you know we've seen murder by main characters before. You guys were with us from private and privileged. But those were very different vibes. One yeah. was like, you know, private was somebody else was doing the murdering. And then privileged was our main character was that person. Up so, until the original main character from private decided to like self-defense herself out of it. And we were like, right. You know, there's just, it's just a different book entirely now. The stakes are so different now that our main character is capable is. of killing. But- she killed someone, but now her friends are happy with her again, which is just. I think so, that's the right lesson. Oh, okay. You know, uh, it's so aggravating to me because I just wanted, I wanted Bex to be like, look, I've been being an idiot and I'm glad you're back and I love you. Like, cause that's what should have been said, but no. Sure. But that's, that's old book. We don't live in that world anymore. True, the world true. has changed ever since this book started. Like ever yes. since Cammy was tortured, that is no longer yes. the rules that we are playing by. No, like, okay, I guess like this book feels like a real spy book. The previous books felt like kids books. Like, like we were playing spy. Exactly. This one is like, oh shit, this is real. And so a couple of things happen. They get back to school uh, Cammy is dealing with this, like, repercussions of, like, I should feel more things because I murdered someone. Sure. And I don't. And, like, I feel insane. And it's crazy. But something that they f- are able to find is that, well, I think, does, sh- does she officially get together with Zach? Yeah, I think she I don't, does. I don't recall at which point they do. But, yeah, basically but they basically get the confirmation she- that... Zach and Bex were never a thing. They were never hooking up. Like, yes, he had to go with Bex's family to Europe for the summer, but that's because where else was he going to go? His mom is a murderer and his dad is who knows what. And Cammy wasn't there. But while he was with Bex, he was like, oh, I'm going to go try and find Cammy. And he doesn't find her. He does not find her. Uh, one person who does find something, however, is Liz. When they're leaving the dining hall one day, Liz's bag falls open and instead of her usual collection of textbooks it's a mixture of like junk mail and some other random stuff and it's joe solomon's mail from his like lake house and she was like oh i was gonna read it to him in hopes that he would wake up amidst this mail they find so nice honestly justice for liz liz is great liz is liz is so sweet liz is sweet macy is sweet they're great yeah um and in this pile of mail they find a letter from Cammy to Joe Solomon's like mountain like lake house and they're like oh my god and it's postmarked from Rome so they race out of the dining hall try to find the headmaster headmaster headmistress and they're like oh my gosh we have this thing we have this letter we got this package we have to open it so they open it and 
out out of it falls three bracelets with like three customized friendship bracelets. Let's say Bex, Liz, and Macy on them, which was very cute. cute. And then three necklaces, and or like two necklaces, and then one different, slightly different necklace. It's Cammy. jewelry. It's just jewelry. jewelry. Three necklaces, but Cammy's necklace has a crest on it that almost looks like the Gallagher Academy crest. So she's like, oh, that's cute. I guess I got these for my friends. And I think that's it. That's all that's in the Yeah, thing. but from the necklaces, they're able to determine that Cammy was in Italy over the summer. And she well, it like, was postmarked from Rome. Yeah, so they need to – the necklaces and jewelry are sort of like a MacGuffin, if you will. And so they go to Italy. They're like, we need to go to Italy. And I'm like, what about school? Okay, that's uh, the other thing about this book is this one had so much more travel in it than we've literally ever seen before. And they just – and and Macy the whole time is like, look, my dad has a jet. Like, of course we can go to Italy. And yeah, like, that was so funny. Every time Macy's like, we'll take my family's jet. I'm like, your dad, the senator, she, has she a jet. She points at herself and goes, jet. Jet. Well, like how Zach would sense? point at himself and go, spy. Spy, yeah. Um, I Wouldn't it make more sense that her, her mom her would mom, be exactly. the jet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but, 100% what I thought. Uh, but so yeah. they they use, they uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Commandeer the jet in order to yes. go to Italy. And they show up in Italy. And who's there but the... Uh, What's his name? Preston Townsend? Winters. No, I was going to say the agent Townsend. Oh, he goes with them. Town- agent Townsend goes with them as yes. MI6. So they're there and they go to Italy and they find the jewelry lady. And she's like, you were here with a boy. And they were like, Zach, was Ooh. it you? And he's like, I was never able to find you. He actually isn't there at this point. But like, basically, he's <laughs> like, no, it wasn't me. Um, and <laughs> then he shows up later and finds Cammy on the streets in the middle of the night because she has another sleepwalking episode in Italy. And she ends up taking them to the ambassador's residence where Preston Winters is. And he's like, oh, Cammy, you came back. Because I guess she had, like, been with – and Preston Winters is the, is Macy's ex-current boyfriend? I don't know. Yeah, they're sort of like – they were hooking up back when their parents were running for president and vice president, respectively. And I guess after losing that election, um, Preston's dad, Samuel P. Winters – is named an ambassador to Italy, which I think is a pretty cushy job. There are much worse countries to be named the ambassador to. And so they're living Mm -hmm. at the ambassador house. And Preston basically is like, look, it's safe for you to talk in here. We can talk about whatever's going on. But yeah, you came here over the summer and you were like, I need a place to stay. I have nothing. Um, Don't ask me any questions. Also, I need to rob a bank. And so she's like, wait, what bank did I need to rob? And they take they take her to this bank. And it's basically like this conversation of, is Cammy going to go in? Is she healthy enough to be uh, like an operative on this mission? And she basically is like, yes, I am. Leave me alone. Let me do this. And she gets inside. And she's there with Agent Townsend. And she walks up to the register. And they're like, Senora, welcome back. So they recognize her as well, which is like, it, she doesn't feel like she'd be that recognizable to me. As I mean, her nickname is the literally chameleon. the chameleon. Exactly. And not so only like, that, but like they have so many high profile like bank customers. Is customer the right word? Bank people at this clients. bank. Clients. Clients a good word. And so they recognize her. So maybe they're just like really good at attention to detail. But so they're like, do you want to come back and see your box? Because and so it turns out that what she had instead of robbing the bank is she had opened a safety deposit box we are led to believe. So she goes back to 
the oh and it begs to mention that when she was found in the alps she had nothing on her so she had lost her dad's journal she'd lost her own journals she didn't have shoes like she had nothing she goes into this bank she goes to the deposit box and in that deposit box there is a her dad's journal basically and she's like well this is not anything special why did i go here but she leaves and as she's leaving, she realizes the circle has found her and her only option is to get into a vehicle with Ambassador Winters, who's at the end of the street. And he's like, I'm good. I'll help you. So she gets in. And she's like, I need to get to the American embassy. We need to get to the American embassy. And he's like, I know the way. And he starts driving and then they like get hit by something. So then they get out and he's like, we should talk to that cop. And she's like, that's not a cop. It's an agent. He's got the wrong shoes on. And Ambassador Winters is like, oh, okay, let's go down this alleyway. That's a shortcut. And she's like, no, we need crowds. So they're running through these crowds. Finally, like a van pulls up, people jump out, and she just starts to like body her way through them while dragging this dazed ambassador. And they, she finally gets into the embassy and is safe. And so then everyone shows up again and she's pissed because she was like, I lost everything. I didn't like, I don't know where to find anything. And she throws the journal in frustration and a letter pops out. Yeah. What was this the letter where her dad was? This is her dad. Yeah. yeah. Her dad wrote a letter to Cammie and her mom. And basically it was like, look, if you find this letter means I'm probably gone, but I want you to know that I'm very close to finding the key. Yes. The key is very important. The key that's going to bring down the circle. And if I'm gone, you you both will already have the key. And so this is what the letter says. And then Cammie realizes that she forgets what the key is. And that means she must have lost it over the summer. She does not have the key. And she's incredibly upset about that. So, the, so they go back to school and they go to school for a couple weeks. She gains some weight back, which is good. The girls fix her hair, which is fun. Yeah, because she had dyed it black box dye at Preston's place. And they're like, this is not a good look on you. And so then they bleach it back to her like regular, like dishwater blondish. And I think this is at what point like everyone's like, okay, things are getting a little bit back to normal-ish. Yes, she's continuing exactly. her therapy. Um, you know, she's keeping up with her classes. She is not allowed to do a couple of the things that other seniors are allowed to do, which is a little frustrating for her. But one day she thinks she's thinking about like what's going on. She's had therapy session. She doesn't, she's thinking about this key and she realizes that the key is likely. Well, no, no, no. What happens is they get back from Italy and she's like upset, upset, but Joe is woken up. Joe Solomon is woken up. Ah, yes. Joe Solomon is woken up, which is amazing. And uh, it really lifts her spirits. And but the first I'm not thing saying he does it's entirely work. due to Liz's letter reading, but I'm not saying it's Maybe. not. Liz has also been doing a lot of research into neuroscience and neuropsychology. So Liz is also killing the game there. But Joe Solomon, when he wakes up, one of the first things he notices is the necklace that Cammie's wearing. And he goes, where did you get that necklace? And he's like, I need to see Patricia Buckingham, which is Mrs. Buckingham, which is like one of the teachers. And so he goes and he finds Professor Buckingham and he's like, do you recognize the symbol? And then there's everybody's there. And she's like, yes, that is the Gallagher. That is the 
Gallagher Family Crest? Yeah, Gallagher Family Crest. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's like, why haven't we seen this before? And that's when they realize that it is the key. So yeah, the girls start to like, like of- the the way that Cammy was like, oh yeah, this necklace reminded me of like the crest for the school. It's because the Gillian or Jillian was like, oh, I'm going to model that after my family's crest. And so then they're like, well, how are we going to find where the like information is? And so they have to follow the necklace. So they do follow the necklace and they realize that the where it looks the most familiar is from, and, and she gets a clue from her dad's letter, which is like something about a window, which I don't remember. But they realize that the only place that they've ever seen this before is in a stained glass window that they were looking out of the day that Macy showed up on campus, which is why Cammie had been reading her sophomore year journals, which is when Macy had shown up. I still, yeah, I didn't really understand how it related back to like the first Covops report. Me either, but it's fine. So they find this, this stained glass window and it turns out that the stained glass window is a map of the Gallagher, the like Irish Gallagher's like castle. And so they're like, okay, now we have to go to Ireland. <laughs> they went to Italy. Now they're going to Ireland. Um, and it is Aunt Abby, uh, Townsend, Macy, Bex, Zach, Liz. Everyone's going. Liz turns out like maybe they should have brought Liz to Italy because she's the most prepared for this trip. She shows up with flare guns, explosives, Advil. Like, yeah, she's like, you need a Band-Aid? <laughs> you need me to, like, do a little whip stitch? Exactly. She's, she's ready. She's prepared. But they are, so they're traversing through the ruins of what was once the Gallagher family estate. And they find, Cammie finds in a, like, window portal situate, not portal, like, mystical, but, like, just, like, in a hole, essentially, uh-huh. of bit of inf- the information it's like a vial that's wrapped up with paper with the list of the members of the circle of caven or like the Who leadership are, of the circle of we've caven. learned it is a hereditary thing so it's been passed down family to family which means these people are likely still the heads of power of the circle of caven mm-hmm. she finds not this democratic. Cross out exactly it's not democratic which i don't know why anyone would expect it to be but she crawls out of this hole and at the other end is Catherine, Zach's mom. And she goes, you'll be giving me that now. Thanks. And Cammie's like, no, I won't. And so they like run and fight and uh, Liz blows up a wall. And then Cammie slips and falls and drops the thing over a cliff. Yeah, she drops the vial over a cliff. And then Zach's mom leaps up after it and is like, I got it. And so then she's now in the ocean, but presumably not dead and presumably is able to find the vial. And so then they go back to Gallagher Academy empty handed. Again, how are the faculty and headmistress of this school able to just leave and go on international trips? Like I get that you would want to go with your daughter who is literally being sent after and attacked. And at this point they've realized that they clearly don't need Cammy. A list circle does not need Cammy alive no. anymore. So, so she they is no longer to safe. Her. Yeah. They're like, they got out of you whatever it is that they needed to get out of you. So you are just a loose end that they need to tie up. So they go exactly. back to school. And Cammy feels like a failure. So what does yeah. she do? She goes to therapy. This is a really anti-therapy book, honestly. Because when we go uh, to this last therapy session where, you know, it's nighttime Dr. Steve is like, sit down, Cammie. Do you hear the music? 
what is this Which music? He has said multiple times, so he knows about the music. Yeah, and it turns out that this music is a callback to a memory that Cammie has of one of the last instances she was with her father when she went with her father to the circus one day when she was a child. And she's going back in this memory with Dr. Steve. They're sort of doing this like reverse memory therapy. And she realizes that as she's observing her father, she now has the like a spy training and ability to see what's happening, not with the eyes of like a four-year-old, but with the eyes of a nearly 18-year-old spy. And she realizes her dad went to the circus to do a dead drop. And the method and the vehicle for the information of this dead drop was his own daughter. So he had forced Cammie to memorize this information. I think and the forced drop, is a little like harsh. Not forced, on but he Cammie's has taught, taught her how to memorize this information. So Cammie had these names in her head all the time, like the whole time. It's a classic so memory that, palace. Exactly. And now that the circle has the names, which we learn from Dr. Steve that the circle has the names, uh, they don't need her anymore. So Dr. Steve is performing basically like hypnotherapy on her. And yeah. we learned that he is a member of the circle and he was there torturing Cammy all summer. Yeah. And so not only is she under hypnosis in order to remember this, she's under hypnosis to do Dr. Steve's bidding. And what is his bidding? He says, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to leave because I got to get back to the circle and tell them this information. When you see my headlights pass through the gates, I need you to go up to the eaves of the mansion and fucking kill yourself. Uh, yep. Jump off. She, he's telling her to jump off. And it's the middle of the night. So, like, we're under the assumption that no one's going to hear. No one's going to be awake for this. Yeah. We are fortunately wrong in that everyone is awake and alerted to it. He leaves and everyone tries to get Cammy to not jump. But she's like, no, it's time for me to jump now. I have to jump now. But instead, Liz almost falls. And then Cammie's savior instincts save her in that she saves Liz. And then they're all able to restrain Cammie. And Cammie realizes, oh, no, what have I done? But also, now I remember all these names. So I'm going to write them all down. And Yeah, and it turns out, guess who else is a member of the Circle of Caven? Freaking Preston's dad. I always yeah. knew that Preston was suspicious. I don't know. And Macy says, like, no, we need to go save Preston. Like, we need to rescue him because he's my kind of boyfriend. But, like, I'm still suspicious of him. Yeah, I'm still a little suspicious of Preston. But also, Especially I told you. Especially given the, like, hereditary nature of the Circle yes, of Caven. Like, exactly. he's probably being primed for it. And, I yes. mean. Senator, Ambassador, future President Winters was like, oh, you know, I know about the Gallagher Academy because I was almost president. I'm like, they wouldn't have told you unless you were president. Totally. Also, the fact that he, like, was so close to being president is alarming. But there's, like, the Secretary of Defense for the UN is on the list. Like, it's some really high up people. And they give that information over to the CIA. But I guess it has to be taken very seriously because, remember, there are moles all throughout the CIA. Yeah, and I wouldn't tell the CIA. I would trust these 17 year olds to take out the rest of the members of the Circle of Caven. But see, here's what the challenge is is that the reason why Zach's mom wants to get the names is because there is, you know, some distrust within the some circle. Factions. And so they're, yeah, there's factions. They're trying to do a coup. And so the circle doesn't want the names to get out to other members of the circle because they sort of operate in these little terrorist cells. And so they're like, if you know who I am, then you can come kill me. And then we get the little, like, post-game debrief where we get to see 
members of the circle who are convening to talk about the fact that now their names are out yes. there. And this was old, hoping- old woman is like, hey, we should kill ourselves. <laughs> well, no, they were like, we put the Gallagher effect. We put the Gallagher plan into effect. And they're like, no, don't put the Gallagher plan into effect. And Whatever then that means. some a butler comes in and says, look, Elias Crane is dead. He's died in a car accident. And they're like, we shouldn't put this into effect. She goes, it is already, go- it's already there. She's like, yeah, it's already in motion. So um, that's crazy. This book took such a sharp freaking left turn. It's I almost know. a U-turn. Oh it's- my God. You know, we forgot to, we forgot to talk about. Candy finally realizes that they need to go to, when they're in, they need to go, why is she so catatonic when they come back from Italy is because. Oh shit. Yes. Oh my God. Because of they her- need yeah. to go to the Alps again. Yeah, she's got to go back to the Alps. Alps. And that's where she locates the hut that they kept her in, like the stone home. And then she's like, how do I know that they kept me here? And then she realizes she carved her initials into the bed frame that she was like. Next to her father's initials. And she runs out behind the house and she sees in the earth there a patch of like freshly turned earth. And she knows for a fact that they killed her dad and her dad is in the is in the ground. I'm still not 100% convinced. No, I am. I am. I'm like 99% convinced because like- I think they showed her his body. Oh, no, I totally think so. But like, it's been how many years he would be a skeleton? I don't know. I don't know. What if they kept him alive for that long? I think they showed her a body. In front of her or her in front of him. And then he died. Like, then they killed him. I think they- I think Ali Carter would have said that. I think that he was already dead. I don't know. That they might were have like, been too gruesome. Here, this that is might a- be too gruesome. I mean, Cammy literally murdered someone. <laughs> I know. God, this book was intense. So, so like, Cammy's, like, been through it. She's been tortured. She's been, like, shown her dad's dead body. Presumably. Like, it's allegedly. Pres- yeah, allegedly. It's bad. It's intense. Like, do you remember do not the blame first the book? Having- how it was like, what if I could have a boyfriend? <laughs> exactly. It was like, ooh, we held hands and there was a barn dance. Like, yeah, and, and Dee like, with the little hearts for eyes. International murderess, Alpine body is like it. It is something. I don't know. Yeah, I, wh- her editor must have been like, "Nah, you got to turn it up. This is a YA book. You got to give them something." Um, I mean, so maybe. I mean, if they're seventeen now, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think that's this book was epic. Honestly, it was a sleigh. Not to it put felt thing- like it felt like a Mission Impossible. It felt like a really like a like an intense spy book. Like I'm not. Yeah. I don't think that the writing was fantastic, but I do think that like this is the most adult content in a book we've gotten yeah content that's like an adult content but that's like an actual like interesting storyline for someone like i feel like you get adult content in some of our other books but it's like kind of like eh, it's like teen content this is like yeah. no this is like intense espionage uh yeah situations so um definitely a departure from like literally anything we've ever read before <laughs> Yeah, that was so not crazy. a lot of fashion moments in this book. I'll tell you that. I don't need them. Uh, you know, it was. I'm perfectly thing. satisfied. Yeah, so we don't have fashion moments this book. Actually, so there were in lieu of fashion moments, there were a couple of highlights that I just wanted to chat through. Okay, yeah, talk to me. I feel like we haven't had a good question sesh in a while. 
Yeah. Um, my first is that when Cammy gets back to the school for the first time oh. after having been, you know, alpine tortured and then hung out with nuns for a while, she sees, quote, most of the freshman class standing halfway between the side doors and the protection and enforcement barn, an entire class of girls I'd never seen before. Um, and I'm like, you would have seen freshmen because you, yeah. they, this school starts at seventh grade. So you would That's have a seen those girls year for sure. For three. Um, I have to admit that I thought that they were going to leave Dr. Steve in the woods when he had been shot. And I did not think that like he was, I thought that he had been previously suspicious and that I let go of my suspicions. And then at this point I had not regained my, my suspicions, but yeah, crazy. No, I thought Dr. Steve was suspicious. He's too jovial. um, He's very jovial. I will I'm very interested in seeing what happens with like the Joe Solomon reveal of it all because most of the rest of the school still is under the impression that he's like a super ultra traitor slash dead. Yeah. Is he gonna get a whole new face? Wanna know that. Yeah, I mean they gave, you know, so many other people new faces, so and I mean I definitely think that Cammy and Zach are endgame. Because at so this too. point, what else is going to happen? But I have, I feel like it has to circle back to Roseville somehow because I'm still not really understanding the whole like first Kovops report journal thing. Yeah, I don't really get that, but I see it more circling back to Preston and having there be like almost like a Preston might be slightly an evil mastermind moment. Maybe it's like a do you have to follow in your family's footsteps something, you know? Because it's like Cammy has been primed to be a, this spy Gallagher girl for forever and you know, Preston is a hereditary inheritor of, you know, the circle of Caven and like maybe it's like you have to choose to go away from your family, do the right thing. I don't know. I see it more as like he is secretly evil and they oh, go he's and totally they, evil. They, they go and they like pick they go and they save him, quote unquote, and then he's like the inside guy. And yeah. in the end he like turns it all around. I mean, I don't know. I have not. Do you think the, the school is gonna go co ed? Uh no. Okay. Cause like obviously Dr. See- Steve can't be the advisor for Zach anymore, but if they're gonna bring Preston in too, I feel like that's two boys. Well, right there. I don't think so. The next next book is starts with them in college. They're in college. They're in college? We get to miss yeah. graduation? Yeah. Claire. I don't know. What's Allie Carter doing? I it's it's definitely interesting for sure. I'm going crazy. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens. I can't wait. Claire, what's the next book where we get to learn about them in college? I think it's called United We Stand. United We Stand. Uh, That's an United interesting name. We Probably let me look United it up. We Spy if I had to guess. Uh I don't know. Let me look it up. Allie Carter books. <laughs> Um, United We Spy, you're right. Good job, Courtney. See, it's always these puns. Yeah, but they're not great puns. Um, but yeah, United We Spy is the next book. I think second to last, maybe. Also, maybe possibly the last one. Well, I don't know. We got to we'll go see. out with a bang regardless. I'm sure that we will definitely go out with a bang. Um, if this These book was books, any indication. Yeah. Uh, this book was wild. I think that is. I think it's the last one. The next book is the last one. So. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know. Uh, that means that we're about time to choose a new series. So if you guys have any input on what you want us to 
Read, let us know. We could go kick it back all the way to Elise Harrison series. We could mm-hmm. do another Cecily Von Zieg's or Ghostwriter series. We got so many options. I yeah. recently came across more Angus songs and perfect and uh I also heard that the, yeah. that book was a series. I was not under the impression that that was the case. It's 10. There's like 10 of them. So maybe we do that. Maybe go abroad a little British? bit. British. British. Like yeah, it could be fun. These are, all, these are all options. In the meantime, Claire, why don't you tell me a little bit about your State of the Union? Okay. So my ins and my outs. You're going to hate my out. So I'm going to start with my in. My okay. in is Blooming Flowers. All of the flowers. Right. Are, so we... The way we live right now, everything's blooming. But mainly, this is the first time, like, in this house that we've had, like, like, first time I've ever been, like, in a home mm-hmm. for, like, this time of year with David. And we have so many flower bushes. And, like, we've got two dogwood trees and, like, azalea bushes and camellia bushes. And everything's blooming. And it's beautiful. And I and I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. My out, which I said you were going to hate, um, is constipation. So I do hate that. I know you would. I have been struggling. And, you know, as a girly with, t- with tummy problems, I don't usually have this tummy problem. And it's really not fun. So have you tried yellow that. dragon fruit? Uh, no, because I don't know where I'd find that here. Trader Joe's. Um, my oh, TikTok for you page has been a lot of yellow dragon fruit girlies. I've um, not seen those. A New York City TikTok influencer was like, if you eat one of these, you're going to be cleaned all the way out. And then everyone started doing it and being like, Ozempic dupe. And I'm like, first of all, that's not what Ozempic does. Second of all, what in the eating disorder? Yeah, um, I don't need that. I just want to have normal stomach. Totally. You know? Uh, So also because of like other things, I can't like use my uh, my normal remedies. So... Uh, you know, like I can't have a bunch of cups of coffee on an empty stomach in the morning, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, just, you know, a little bit on the struggle bus right now, but that is okay. Courtney, what about you? Tell me about your state of the union. What's your in and your out this week? My in this week is the big mama size bottles of kombucha. Ooh. I okay. typically will go to the store, like go grocery shopping. I'll get myself like one to two bottles of kombucha, get a different flavor, try something new, see what's what in the biz. But I was at Target yesterday and I was feeling a little bloated myself. And I was like, okay, I'll get some kombucha. And I saw that they had the really big ones. Yeah. And I was like, this makes more sense financially. You have to and be careful though. How many glasses a day are you drinking? Like one to two of these little champagne coupes. Okay. That's probably fine. Yeah. One of these is like half of a regular yeah, size bottle. Exactly. So mm-hmm. never more than like one bottle of kombucha. Good. Because otherwise you can develop sugar. SIBO. It well, oh. you, can over, you can overdevelop the bacteria. So Heather, Pig Mommy, who we both love and follow, mm-hmm. she drinks a full kombucha every day. And I have really had to hold myself back from, from commenting and like letting her know to be really careful because she could develop SIBO. Um, and SIBO is when you basically you put so much good bacteria in your gut that you stop absorbing the nutrients. Okay. So if you find yourself it's like getting, getting bloated, a uh, yeah, kind of. But if you find yourself getting bloated, like despite the kombucha, just do like one week, no kombucha, no fermented foods, like no yogurt, no nothing like that. Because like we're all on this like pro ferment journey, but mm-hmm. there's a balance. Like you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, and I think that like. 
the word bloating just carries such like an interesting connotation right. in the year of our Lord 2023 because people obviously uh-huh. use it like as a loan for instead of saying I feel fat because that's what everyone used to say. And then they're like, I can't say that anymore. So now I'm just going to say I feel bloated. And it's like, did you see that? Puffy. People will say I feel puffy. And it's like, yeah. And like, yeah, do you I remember just, when the Gwyneth Paltrow, and I say remember as if it didn't happen last week, the interview that she just did where she's like, yes. you know, I'm really detoxing. So I do like bone broth and like, and I'm like, what are you detoxing from? You haven't had any carbs in a decade. There okay, are no well, toxins did, from which you can detox. To stand up for my girl, Gwenny, she did, she has long COVID. So she is like dealing with anti she's trying to like do i don't think it's right or that it would work for everyone but the fact that she subsisted off of air for 10 years yeah like if she wants to do bone broth instead more power to her um but basically like that podcast was like with her doctor and they were talking about how she's coping with anti-inflammatory foods for her long covid and so like i think a lot of it was taken out of context Yeah. Yes. My two thoughts on that in terms of context are, A, maybe she wouldn't have gotten long COVID if she ate a regular meal and then her immune system would be better because she'd have some body fat and then be able to like fight off disease. And B, I heard that she actually only did that controversial interview to distract from the fact that she's currently being sued by someone for a hit and run. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't know about that. Then if you Google Gwyneth Paltrow, this will be what comes up instead. So, um you know, PR girlies for the win. I do so know that there's in. a lot of controversy about kombucha. Apple, about Apple Martin being a mean girl and like I having to move schools because mean. she got kicked out because yeah. she was such a bully. Well, she should Which listen to the podcast. She, well, you know, we should interview Apple Martin. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> be like, what's it like being the proverbial mean girl? But anyway, um, what's Apple your Apple Martin had a Finsta, it obviously would be Apple Martini. That's just my thought on that. That's a great Finsta name. But right. tell me. I love that. What's your out? My out, honestly, I feel like things have been really good for me lately. I think my out is going to be um, weed edibles. Yeah, I just don't fair. think that they agree with me. I think that edibles like, are a tough so, ride. I just, maybe I don't want to say like weed is out, but like because I don't smoke weed, so then I it's sort of like a okay, you know what, littering is also out. Um, but. I just – I tried an edible recently and I was like, I don't like how this makes me feel and I don't like the fact that, like, I don't know any tried and true methods to get myself to stop feeling like that. The solution is pretty much just ride it out. Yeah. No, edibles are – specifically gummies are really difficult highs. Um, I've been reading a lot recently on, like, better ways to infuse and imbibe, basically. And the reason gummies are so difficult – and hard to regulate with a high is that the sugar is like, um, well, like THC is not sugar. It's not water soluble or sugar soluble. It's fat soluble. So okay. when you're putting that in your body, it there's nothing to like stop it from pretty much immediately going into your bloodstream like a giant wave. Okay. But if you were to eat something that was like made with like an infused butter or an infused oil, that provides like a fat assistance so instead of coming at you like a wave they ride together and it's a slower more distributed high so gummies are basically like the worst kind of way to consume thc in a way that's not like smoking or vaping 
Yeah, this was a little square of dark chocolate, so, like, sort of the same concept, but, yeah, yeah, basically, I just am like, maybe I'm not a weed girly, maybe I'm, and I've said the word girly 19 times in this podcast, and I'm so sorry, please don't comment on it, I hate it myself, but I've been on TikTok all day, outside of that, um, yeah, so I think I'm just gonna stick to drinking, I think that I like it better, and I know how to, like, handle myself when I'm drinking, you are Chicago sober. Which is the opposite yeah, I'm of Chicago sober. California sober, where California sober, you smoke and you don't drink. But in Chicago sober, you drink and you don't smoke. You know, I have some comic friends who make a Chicago sober joke, but they're specifically like, instead I drink like old style or whatever. And I'm like, I unfortunately don't do that either. No, you don't. <laughs> Honestly, if you're anything, you're like Fairfield I'm County, I'm a New York 8, but New York sober. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So... Um, if you guys Although have any New York sober on- is Coke. Oh, no, wait, no. Is Miami sober Coke? Oh, God. I, I think know. those are probably, but uh, you know, Miami sober is probably Coke. New York sober is probably ketamine. Oh, my God. So I tried to find a new um, ADHD therapist recently. And the place that I was recommended to is a place that also does ketamine therapy. And I'm like, I don't know. If I find that I find ketamine therapy to be very fascinating. And my psychiatrist who works for the NIH, who I love, love her. Um, I've been with her for like seven years now. She's like all for it. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe Anna? it's just my boomer energy, you know? Like, I'm like, we already tried the whole horse drugs for COVID thing. Do we need to try horse drugs for brain stuff? Well, it, like she says it like really works. And it's also really high, highly regulated the way that they're doing it. Like, you're not just like taking K. You go and like get a shot mm-hmm. and they monitor you. And it's like a whole thing. Uh, like, it's like, it, it's similar to the way that people get like chemotherapy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Or like getting an IV drip at like a med spa or whatever, where it's like, obviously, there's going to be people who uh, I think there's a little bit more regulation than that. I've met like someone who's monitoring you doing it instead of like, if I were to go and like get drugs from a regular drug place. Yes, I would agree that it would be a different by drug place. I mean, dealer. I don't know. Anywho, You're so obviously that's very my, well educated on this topic. My, those are my ins and my outs. My in big kombucha bottle, my out um, edibles. And yeah, so we already talked about what book is next. Do let us know if you have thoughts or opinions on the next series. Claire, where can they find us to let us know those thoughts and opinions? You can find us on Twitter at WittyPod. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at WittyCommittiePod. If you want to reach out to us via email, you can do the Witty Committee. I think it's WittyCommittiePod at gmail.com. Um, if you have any suggestions for what we should do next, please, please let us know. Otherwise, we hope you join us next week as we continue to judge the mean girl right back one book at a time. Don't be a murderer.